Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Let's turn our Bibles to Psalms chapter 34. Psalms 34. And verse number 12. Psalms 34, 12. Do you want to really live? Would you love to live a long, happy life? Then make sure you don't speak evil words or use deceptive speech. Turn away from evil and do what is right. Strive for peace and promote it. Amen. Amen. I want to teach tonight on the subject, the secret to a good long life. The secret to a good long life. You know, when we were in school, or I think most of us are, I think out of school. I think even Alyssa's out of school, right? So, but, so when we were in school, we studied history, we studied uh, all kinds of things, and uh, I'm sure at one time or another, everyone's heard of Ponce de Leon, who was the Spanish explorer that led an expedition to a, you know, he was actually the, the uh, governor of Puerto Rico for a while. And then after that, you know, and he reported to King Ferdinand of Spain. And after that, he was, you know, commissioned to go explore what he thought was a new island that was not too far from Puerto Rico. And he came to the, what he thought was an island, and he, he went all the way around this coast of this island, and he named it La Florida. Uh, and he, among other things, uh, was said to be looking for what was supposed to be a mythical or fabled fountain of youth, right? Now, a lot of people, if you look at uh, historians, they say he really wasn't looking for that, and it was kind of, you know, something else. But anyway, that's what he's known for. You hear Ponce de Leon, you know, you just think of the fountain of youth. Because everybody, you know, if he would have found it, oh my goodness, it would have been big money, it would have been popular, it would have, you know, everybody wants to stay young. Everybody wants to ha have long, healthy life, right? Amen. But there's no fountain of youth, sorry. Uh, and then... You know, in society, when people live to be over 100 years old in, in our today's society, we know in the Bible and some in the Old Testament, they lived a lot longer than that. But, you know, in, in our generation and gener recent past generations, you know, if you get to 100 or more, you know, that's a milestone. Amen. That's huge. And inevitably, these people are asked the question, what is your secret to living this long of a life? Well, there was a lady in Scotland who lived to be 109 years old, and she credited her long life to exercise and avoiding men. And uh, needless to say, she was never married, but she was 109. Stay away from those men. You don't, can't trust them. Then there was a Polish-born man who was a Holocaust survivor. He lived to be 111 years old, and he credited his long life to good genes and exercise. 
And there was a lady in Arkansas who lived to be 116 years old. She credited her long life to being kind to others, not drinking or smoking, and getting plenty of sleep. A lady from Italy who lived to be 117 years old, and many of these people at the time of their, their oldest uh, age, were, they were the Guinness uh, Book of World Records holder until someone else knocked them off by a few more days or whatever. Because 117, wow, we're getting up there. So from Italy, 117, she credited her long life to eating two raw eggs a day, and she also loved cookies. A lady in Japan who lived to be 117 years old credited her long life to eating sushi and getting a good night's sleep. I stay away from the raw fish. I want everything cooked, okay? You know, you expect me to pay this money and you want me to eat it raw? I need you to throw it on the grill for me, okay? And then the lady from Georgia, who lived to be 116 years old, credited her long life to, be, to her devout faith in God and a diet that was rich in pork. Amen. I like both of those. Praise God. So many have tried to find out the secret to a good long life, and some of the findings that people in their search have found, they were special diets, and, and they're available now, right? There's special diets, there's vitamin supplements, you know, certain exercise programs, getting enough rest, meditation, removing stress from your life, you know, laugh a lot, you know, because the Bible said laughter is the best medicine, and uh, some of these things... Definitely are tried and true uh, to a point. And uh, they take regular vacations, don't hold grudges, don't harbor bitterness uh, or hatred toward others because that can eat you up and cause problems. Get a pet and, uh, and, and studies say preferably a dog. Not, no, no, nothing against cats or nothing against lizards and, and goldfish, but there's just something about a dog that when, you know, when, you know, a cat will say when you get home, it's like, eh, and walk away. Uh, but a dog, you know, I mean, it's like, ah, I love you. You could go out for five seconds to get the mail and it'll come, you come back in the door and he will, he or she will think like you've been gone for a year and attack you again and lick your face. And there's something about therapeutically having a pet. Um, and then there's also having good, healthy relationships, you know, because there's something about when you're a loner, you know, it doesn't tend to a good, long life. Amen. Now, there's a multi-billion dollar industry out there that caters to people who want to feel young, look young, stay young, be healthy, and live a long life. They, spell, they, they sell special diets, vitamins, supplements, pills, injections, treatments, tonics, serums, elixirs, creams, lotions, potions, ointments, and salves. And many claim their product is a cure-all, a panacea, a wonder drug, and even a miracle drug. And many of these health and, and well-being products, uh, you know, they are just gimmicks. And they're just, you know, taking people's money. They boast great things and even money-back guarantees. But, you know, the money-back guarantee doesn't mean anything. You know, that, that's supposed to validate everything. But it really doesn't most of the time. And I'm sure some of these things will help you in life more than others, but however, I want to come to you tonight when it's all said and done, the true secret to a good long life can only be found in the Bible. Amen. The Bible gives us four specific things to incorporate into our lives that will without a shadow of a doubt 
give us a good long life. I'd rather stick with what God says will give me a good long life. He's the one that created us. He's the one that can fix us. He's the one that can heal us. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. And so whatever he says will give us a long life, that's what I'm going to stick with. Not this guy over here on the corner with a sign saying, hey, I got some, you know, some snake oil right here for a buck a bottle. You know, it'll cure everything from your headache to, you know, your corns on your toes, everything you, and everything in between. So the Bible gives us four specific things. Amen that will, beyond a shadow of a doubt, give us a good long life. Why? Because they're a promise. Amen. And God, you can take him all the way to his word, he, all the way, amen, there is no uh, holding back. His word will come to pass. And those who practice his principles will be the beneficiaries of those principles. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 said, He is faithful that promised, and he will bring it to pass. So the first thing that we want to talk about is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is something that will give us long life, because the Bible says so. Proverbs 10, 27, the fear of the Lord prolongs days. Proverbs 19, 23, the fear of the Lord leads to life. And Proverbs 14, 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Now there's your fountain of youth. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Amen. So the fear of the Lord refers to a specific sense that we have, a specific respect and awe and submission to the Lord and His Word. It's an understanding that God's Word will come to pass as written no matter what side of it we fall on, it's going to come to pass. Amen. And it's a continual awareness that we are all in the presence, all the time, of a holy, just, and almighty God who knows our thoughts, our motives, our words, and our actions at all times. That's the fear of the Lord. It's not being afraid like I'm afraid of the dark, like I'm fearful of spiders, or something like that, a phobia or whatever. It's not like that. Uh, of course, when we fall on the wrong side of the Word of God, it can be that kind of a fear. But when we're serving God, it's a good fear. It's a respect. It's an awe. It's a like, wow, we're serving an almighty God. And His Word is awesome and powerful. And the Bible said in Acts chapter 9, verse 31, that then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified, which means they were lifted up, they were built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, they were multiplied. So that was the, that was the formula when the church, the early church started. They were, they were edified because they walked in the fear of the Lord but also in the comfort of the Holy Ghost. We need both of those things, folks. Just like we can't just have the Word of God and without the Spirit of God, because the Bible said the letter kills and the Spirit makes a, gives us life. So we've got to have both. Amen. The Word and the Spirit. And we've got to have the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. And then we'll be edified and we'll be uh, multiplied and we'll have rest. That's what this verse promises. Now, the second thing that is a secret 
of God's secret to a good long life is honoring your father and mother. Amen. Now we read, we first read about this principle when the Ten Commandments were first given back in Exodus chapter 20. And uh, then Paul, the apostle, in Ephesians chapter 6, he kind of reiterates this, uh, this promise and this commandment, actually, that has a promise attached. The Bible said, Ephesians 6 verse 2, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Amen. That's the promise. I'm talking about, uh, you know, I'm not saying uh, don't do any of those other things. Like, yeah, I'm never going to exercise and I'm only going to eat, you know, you know, four by fours at uh, in and out for uh, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Oh, they're not open for breakfast. Sorry. Lunch and dinner. And, uh, and I'm only going to get the, you know, the, the, you know, the double combo at McDonald's for breakfast. And then I'll go to In-N-Out for lunch and dinner and then just disregard everything. No, we, we got to be smart about stuff. But here's the, here's the bottom line. Amen. We've got a tent. We're two-thirds spiritual. We're dust of the earth. We're breath of God. We're living soul. Amen. And so if we take care of the spiritual side, if we take care of our spirit and our soul, our heart and our mind, amen, uh, yeah, we got to take care of our body, but uh, if we'll do these things that God's saying, we're, we're more apt to have days added to our life than to, you know, eat kale all the time, like a rabbit or whatever. I, I'm not eating kale. Kale is what, kale is what, like, is on the bottom of, you know, when they bring the, col the fried calamari, just, just the bed of kale, so just to put that so you know, it doesn't soak through or something. That's what the kale is. And then you come get the plate and throw that stuff away, please. Thank you. Amen. So to honor, what does that mean? I honor my father and mother. To honor is to esteem them, to value them, and to respect them. You know, Leviticus 9, 19 verse 3 said, Each of you must show great respect for your mother and father. That was, that was built into the law of Moses. That was part of the bedrock of the Old Testament law. And it went into the New Testament too. Ezra Taft Benson said, To honor and respect our parents means that we have a high regard for them. We love and appreciate them and are concerned about their happiness and well-being. We treat them with courtesy and thoughtful consideration. We seek to understand their point of view Certainly, obedience to parents, righteous desires and wishes is a part of honoring. And I think that's very, very well said. Amen. Does, does honoring my, my father and mother mean I have to agree with everything they say and do? No. But I have to honor them and respect them. Not just when I'm under their roof and uh, under their rules, uh, but when I grow older. Amen. And... Uh, you know, I still do my best to honor my mom. Amen. And she just, she's in her early 80s now, just turned 80. And, but still, she deserves honor. She put up with me all those years. She definitely deserves honor. <clears throat> Amen. I'm surprised she's still alive and kicking after all I did, you know, to her. Amen. Put her through, you know, all the ups and downs and, you know, waiting for me and wondering if the police are going to, you know, when they're going to bring me back home and all kinds of stuff. And I'm only seven years old and 
whatever. So I, I can understand, but uh, we, we got to honor them. Amen. There's nothing like family. Family is number one. Amen. And then number three, the third thing that, that promises us long life is walking in all the ways of the Lord that he's commanded us. Amen. Deuteronomy 5, verse 33, you shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you that you may live, uh, live and that it may be well with you and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. So we walk in the ways of the Lord that he's commanded us. And that's what it's all about. That's why we're here tonight. We're learning about the ways of the Lord. We're learning about long life. It's another lesson. It's another reminder of what the Word of God has told us. Praise God so that we can go and we can try to live it ourselves and be an example before the people in our house and the people at our job and the people in our neighborhood and where we shop and all that kind of stuff. When, when King David <clears throat> uh, passed away and Solomon became the, the, the king, who, he became the third king of Israel, Saul, David, then Solomon. When Solomon became the king, God told him in 1 Kings 3.14, he said, so if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. So there's a promise. That's a wonderful promise. People say, oh, well, keeping the word of God and going to church and all this stuff that seems to be like you can't do anything. Like you, there's a lot of, you know, cannots and all that kind of stuff. No, this is, there's a lot of cans. There's a lot of blessings. There's a lot of wonderful things associated with being a child of the king. Amen. So, uh, and, and this principle during the times of the kings was, was huge. Because if you read, when you, uh, you know, get into uh, the kings and the chronicles, and then you start finding all these kings that came and went. And, that, and this guy died and his son took over. And then this, that guy died and then his son took over. And there was a lot of bad kings. And there was, sadly, not as many good kings. But the good kings, they were blessed. And they had longer life than the bad kings. Some of these bad kings, man, they, didn't even, they weren't even around for a couple years, a few years or whatever. But some of these good kings reign for 30 and 40 years because God honors keeping the commandments and leading the people in the right direction. And the last one tonight is what we opened with our passage. Not speaking evil or deceptive things, doing what's right and striving for peace. So let me just repeat our opening passage. Psalms 34, 12. Do you want to really live? Question mark. Yes. Okay. Keep reading then. Would you love to live a long, happy life? You got my attention. How much is this going to cost me? It's not going to cost you anything financially. Then make sure you don't speak evil words or use deceptive speech. Uh-oh. Well, you're getting in my Kool-Aid now. All right. Turn away from evil and do what's right and strive for peace and promote it. Ooh, boy, this is a tall order. Is this worth, you know, having a few extra days? Well, it could be a few extra years. Amen. So the first thing he talks about is don't speak evil words or use deceptive speech. Amen. And, and you know, in the Ten Commandments, one of the, one, one of the main commandments right off the bat was don't use the name of the Lord in vain. And many people use that name as a cuss word. And I cringe every time somebody does that. But because I know that when I was baptized in his name, 
that name, blood came and I was forgiven and washed, sins were washed away. Amen. When I prayed in that name, answers came. Amen. When I pray against demons in that name, it happens. When I call on that name in a, in a moment's time, a miracle takes place. So the, we don't want to use evil words or deceptive speech or use the name of the Lord in a wrong way. Amen. Praise God. So that's the first part uh, of this longevity. Psalms 141.3. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. So we, we, need to, we can ask God, you see. God, please help me with my speech. And he will. Proverbs 13.3. He who guards his mouth preserves his life. Ooh, so your mouth is connected with your life. There you go. There's your long life. He who guards his mouth preserves his life. But he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Amen. He, you know, he or she whose tongue enters a room before they do, going to have problems. He, who, he or she, amen, whose mouth is in fourth gear when their brain is only in first gear, is going to have trouble. Amen. Proverbs 16, 24, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bone. See, it's all about health. It's all about, you know, you know, there's because there's not there's a lot more than physical health. There's emotional health. There's mental health. There's spiritual health. We got it. We need all of that. We need all the health to be all pushing in the right direction. And our words are connected with that. Amen. They're health. They're like honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. Not literal salt, but you know what I mean? It's a, it's a metaphor. You know, what do you use salt for? To enhance the flavor of food. Amen. My wife loves salt. In fact, she'll salt salt. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. And, uh, and then when I, even though she knows, it's like we're going on 38 years of marriage, and she knows I don't ever grab a salt shaker from the table at a restaurant, at home, or anything. I just don't do it. I mean, unless we're having, you know, cucumber slices or tomato slices or boiled eggs, then there's a little salt on there. But other than that, I don't put salt on any food because she's, she's a great cook and she seasons already and stuff. But she'll inevitably say, you know, here's, you know, here's the salt and pepper. You need to put some salt on that. Oh, yeah, this needs salt. I go, no, thanks. <laughs> and I've been pushing the salt shaker away for years, decades. Amen. But it enhances the flavor. Salt makes things taste better. So let your speech be with grace and put a little salt on it. That means it's not going to be biting. It's not going to be hateful. It's not going to be getting people. Amen. Again, we can pray, God, help us with our words. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. I like that one. Amen. The word edifying is lifting up, building up, being a blessing. That's what ministering grace to the hearers is all about. Amen. And then the second part of the long life of our, uh, of our fourth item is you know, striving for peace. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Amen. Striving for peace. 
because you know it takes a little you got to go like the extra mile sometimes to be a peacemaker because you know it's easy just to jump in and start throwing blows like everyone else or you know getting in there and but it's harder to step back and try to be the bigger person or like walk away or you know trying to get in there and, and be the bigger person and breaking up the fight um, you know or be the peacemaker amen and uh, that's that's awesome and then the last verse tonight is Romans 12, 18. Paul said, if it be possible, because sometimes it's not possible, but you try your best. If it be possible, as much as lieth within you, as much as you can, you know, muster up, uh, uh, he said, live peaceably with all men. Amen. Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he's the God of Peace, and let the peace of God rule your heart. And there's so many passages about peace, amen. And peace comes when we pray and believe God and when it doesn't seem to be a peaceful situation, but peace comes, it passes all understanding. So peace is a very important part of our life and I believe it's part of our witness because a lot of people don't know peace. They just know turmoil and they just know heartache and frustration and, and you know, desperation. So if we can be a peacemaker and we can give them peace. That's, Hebrews says, follow peace with all men. I just throw that one in. I didn't have that one on my notes, but follow peace with all men. So if we focus on these four things, the fear of the Lord, honoring our father and mother, walking in the way of the Lord and keeping his commandments, amen, and watching what we say and trying to strive for peace, we, if we'll practice these things, these tried and true biblical principles in our lives, amen, then we will have a good long life. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.